0: Before we dive into this episode, I have an exciting offer for you. You know that my passion is simplifying formulation for all hairstylists. Right now, my best-selling masterclass, Hair Color Formulation Simplified, is on sale for only $47. To get yours now, simply go to my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com forward slash simple. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today is another solo episode, just me, and I wanted to pop in and talk about when it's time to make a change. I thought about this topic today as I was getting ready to do a special workshop tonight with my very own friend and life coach, Alejandra Crisofulli. So we are doing a workshop in the Hairstylist Ultimate Mentorship Program to provide some insight into pricing. It's a hot topic in our industry. We don't really know quite when or how to raise prices. There's a lot of fear around it. And I'm not going to talk about that on this podcast because when you're listening to this, that workshop has already happened. But if you haven't joined the ultimate mentorship, you really should think about it. It is absolutely free. It is myself and 19 other very strong, passionate mentors in the beauty industry who are volunteering their time and energy to give back to the industry that has done so much for us and has given us so much and to level up the ability to have that sense of guidance and community that maybe. You know, we didn't have when we were starting out. Um, so, a place for people to go for inspiration, education, and really um, stay on track with the industry. So, the reason I thought about change was when Alejandra entered into my life as my life coach, um, it was purely accidental. I signed up for a workshop on how to be a better public speaker, it was called Stages. It was in Newport Beach, California, which is now my absolute favorite place so far in the country that I've been to. I wanted to move there. I loved it so much. So I went to this program thinking I was going to learn how to be a better speaker. And I met Alejandra, who is a life coach and discovered what life coaching is. I had done a little bit of traditional talk therapy with owning two salons. I certainly needed it. And I found with traditional therapy that you keep talking about your issues and it feels good to get it off your chest and share with someone else. But I found myself leaving feeling like I just dumped on someone, but I didn't get any clarity as to how to make the pain stop, how to make the circumstances go away. So when I met Alejandra, it was like the perfect storm of I signed up for this workshop because I knew I was meant for more. I had a very successful business behind my chair as a colorist um, known for corrective color and all things. You know, there, there wasn't a color service that I could not provide at that point in my career. And also a very successful and lucrative salon where all of my stylists are six-figure earners. So on the outside for everyone else it looked like why would i want to do anything else i already got to where i thought that i wanted it to be and that was the problem i think i almost had guilt that i was unsettled inside and there were things stirring within me and i was like how dare you think that you are meant for more when you have so much you know it really was a guilt thing i was like why do i feel this way and it wasn't that i wanted more money It was that I wanted more passion, connection, and excitement, like I felt when I started out with my business. I am a manifesting generator. If you know anything about human design, I found out recently that I am a manifesting generator. And part of my personality from when I was born, the time and location and everything that lined up when I was born says that I'm an idea person. I like to create new things. I get really excited about new projects and new um new horizons new things everything new a shiny new object syndrome I guess you could call it so my goal was always to have my own salon and I did that and it was a small one person salon and then I was like well now I want a bigger salon and I did that and then I said well now I want two salons and I did that um and then I wanted to start to teach and that's why I went to that workshop so you know, it was about public speaking, but it was so much more. It was about how if you want the audience to engage with you and connect with you, you have to share a little bit of yourself with them and tell your personal story. So Alejandra would be on the stage, you know, do, doing all the things, sharing with us. And I would get really emotional at certain times. And I couldn't understand why it was making me a little bit crazy because I'm not a big teary person. Um, I cried funerals, of course, and some sad movies or happy, sad movies, but I'm not really a teary person. I, when I'm upset, I get more angry or more exhausted and shut down, but tears, not so much. So every time she looked at me a certain way, I would be fighting back tears. So after the program, she pulled me aside and said, I see that a lot of what I'm saying is triggering you. And I'd love to offer you a free session with my uh, life coaching. And I was like, what, what's life coaching? What are you even talking about? I have a therapist. I'm good. I'm fine. I was like, this woman just wants money from me. So I was very turned off by it. So I got back to, I finished the program. I was very emotional the whole time. And I got back to back home and back to the salon. And she reached out to me maybe a week later and said, you know, I really wish that you would Take me up on that free consultation. I think that you would really benefit from it. There's a lot going on in you, and you need to get that out. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. We set up the date, and long story short, you know, I hired her as my life coach. And what life coaching does is it pushes you to figure out the stuff on your own, but but you don't get let off the hook. Like if she would ask me a question and say, "What do you think about this?" and I would say, "I don't know," and she would say. Well, what would you say if you did know? Like she wasn't going away. She just kept pushing for the answer. So we did nine months of coaching. It was a very, you know, stressful, but amazing process. And at the end, she said, you know, what we've come to discover is that you no longer are feeling passionate about your business. And as much as it is successful, you're ready for the next step. And she helped coach me to what the next step looked like. And it was terrifying. It it involved moving to a different house. So selling the house that my children were raised in for 25 years, closing and selling my salon business and the building that is our retirement fund and walking away from everything, moving to, we were deciding between California and Florida, but moving to another state, knowing no one at that state and starting fresh with no jobs. When she said that to me, I had a huge pit in my stomach. I felt like I was going to vomit. I got into the shower. I let the hot water beat on my head and I just sobbed. And I was like, this is way too much. I shouldn't have even started this. I kind of poked the tiger. I uh, opened up Pandora's box and now I don't know how to close it. And she shed, shed light on things that needed to happen, but you know, I'm just not ready for. So I did what all of us do. And I started coming up with excuses of why this is a bad idea. I can't sell my salon because my staff is very successful and they're very happy. And how dare I take away their livelihoods because I'm unhappy. Um, I can't move to another state because my parents are still alive. My husband's parents are still alive. You know, everybody else is here. I owe it to people to be around for them, yada, yada. So all the excuses. So I didn't take action right away. And I'm sharing this with you because we're all alike, you know, we get advice from people and it sounds scary and we're like, they're crazy. I'm not listening to them. So we just keep doing what we've always done. So I was like, you know, she's right. Things do have to change with my business. So let me do it the way I think I should do it, you know, because we all think we're so smart. And I was like, I just want to let a little air out of the tires. It's like a big, hard pimple. I just want to let a little bit of it out because it hurts, but I don't want to pick at it and leave a scar. Just a little air out of the tires. I don't want them to go flat. I just want to take some pressure out of the tire. So my plan was, I am going to go into my business and really look at the numbers. And what I realized was I was running two different salons under one roof. I had a lower price, you know, um, get clients in, spend less time with them for a lower price. And then I had high end luxury, take your time, charge more, make it more boutique experience. So it was like two completely different salons under one roof. And the way that that happened was I did a program from coaches in the salon industry and it was very successful, but it was based on always having a new person training and always working them up the pricing structure. So it worked, but it just wasn't a good fit for me brand wise because I was like, who are we? Are we low priced? Are we medium? Or are we high priced? So I came up with the idea of letting some air out of the tires and letting half of the staff go. That was a lower price and saying to them, you should open your own salon. You guys have what you need. You have all your clients. You have my blessing. I gave all of them their names and addresses of their clients and said, open your own salon. You guys are going to do great. But for me, this is too much. I've had enough. So that's what happened. They opened the salon literally across the street. That hurt a little bit, but it's fine. It all worked out and they are thriving. They're, they're all still together. Everything's great. And so is my staff that stayed, yada, yada, changed the branding, did everything I could to make it mine again make it the, the new the excitement i talked about how i like the shiny new object so i rebranded i redecorated the whole salon spent like eighty thousand dollars on a remodel changed the name changed my business cards my website spent all this money and i'm still unhappy still have that pit in my stomach still know that i need to do something different so this is when it gets a little sad but it's a happy ending i promise so i have that pit in my stomach i know i need to do something else. And I started going live on Periscope. I started doing live saying, hi, I'm a hair color educator. I'm brand free. My name's Elaine. I hope you follow me, blah, blah, blah. And I did all of this as a side thing because I didn't think that it was enough to be my job. I thought I always needed the salon and everything that I was doing. So I'm doing all that. And now I'm even more overwhelmed because I just let go half of my staff. I have to start this whole new branding thing and be all in in my business. I'm doing the little teaching on the side. I'm doing boot camps. I'm teaching at the New York show now because I went to that speaking Um, training, I was able to get an agent who booked me at the Orlando show and then the New York show and then the Vegas show. So everything is working, right? Everything's great. I'm teaching. I have the salon. I'm like, I still have that pit in my stomach that I just don't want to do this anymore. So now my son, I'm in California and I'm filming trainings for what is now my membership for colorists, Hair Color Secrets Insiders. So I'm like, okay, I'm preparing to do this. I'm almost there to do the whole thing. And I'm recording and my son calls me and he's like, I don't feel good. He's like, I have this lump in my neck. He said, I've been worn down and I know it's probably a swollen gland, but it's, it's, it's bigger than it's ever, than I've ever had. And I'm scared. And I said, go to the doctor, see what they say. So he couldn't get in with his regular doctor. So he went to, um, urgent care. The Eagles had just won the Super Bowl. It was the first time in a long time. He was in Philadelphia. He lives in Florida. So he, um, he's in college. He's like a freshman, I think in college, or maybe beginning of sophomore year. I forget. I should remember. It was a very important, awful time, but he has this lump. He goes to urgent care and the girl who sees him is speaking to him. Like he's really in trouble. Like he's really sick. And he's like, mom, she was weirding me out. She was like putting her hand on my shoulder, tell me it's going to be okay. And he's like, I'm thinking, She's going to give me an antibiotic and send me on my way. I just have a sore throat. He had always had problems with his tonsils. So I was praying to every God there is that it just be tonsillitis and he just needed his tonsils out. So that was not the case. He went to um, his doctor. She sent him to a specialist who by this point I'm flying home to go or no, I'm, I'm living here. I'm sorry. I'm still living in Philadelphia. So I'm going to flying him home to go to a specialist at Penn in Philadelphia to see what this is. And we're in the office and the doctor says, um, lymphoma, the word lymphoma, like three times. And I now can't feel my fingers. I can't feel my toes. The room is spinning. I'm in like a cold sweat. And he's saying, I'm sorry, but, um, I'm pretty sure that this is possibly lymphoma and you have to be prepared for that. And yada, yada. And my son's, you know, 19 years old and he's sitting up on the table and he's like, doc, am I going to have like a bad scar here after the surgery? Like he's thinking, I just got to get this lump out and I'm fine. I don't, I don't know what he was thinking, but he didn't think that lymphoma was as scary as I did. So I excuse myself. I go in the bathroom, I lose it. I don't want to lose it in front of my son. Come back in. I'm trying to compose myself and the doctor continues to talk about the course of action surgery i hear all the words that the room's spinning i'm a mess he is still super calm so we get in the car and he's like oh we're near that my favorite restaurant can we go get that sandwich that i like and a big piece of chocolate cake still not getting it i'm like yeah sure sure i'm thinking you can have anything you want because this is not good so we go to dinner and you know i can't eat anything he's like totally fine Fast forward, we go, we have the surgery. He has the lump out. The doctor's like, you know, I met with a bunch of other doctors. We all looked over it and it's like 90% sure that it is lymphoma. So I lose it. I'm bawling the entire time he's under getting the surgery. I'm crying my eyeballs out and I'm sitting there in the waiting room, waiting for him to come out. And of course I make the mistake of Googling lymphoma on a 19 year old. And it said, best case scenario, seven years. So he's 19 years old. And it's saying the longest he could possibly live is seven more years. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't even believe this is happening. So as I'm sitting there to get past the puffy eyes and the hysteria, I say, you know what? He's a great kid. He loves to travel. So do I, like if he has seven years left, These are going to be the best seven years he's ever had. Any person has ever had from 19 to however long I have him. I am walking away from that business. I am, I will sell my house. I will get rid of the business. I will sell the building. I will do anything to spend the next seven years doing everything possible to have him have the best whatever's left of his life happen wherever he wants to go Africa, Australia, New Zealand, where do you want to go? what do you want to do? what car do you want what what is your dream? what do you want you can have it And thank God thank God it was a mistake and he did not have lymphoma. He said to me actually I have to back up So when the doctor told him he could possibly have lymphoma and we were on our way to that dinner he said to me, you know what mom? It's a good thing you raised $25,000 for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society a couple of years ago. We never would have known that we would need it. And I was like, oh my gosh, I volunteered to raise money for the Lymphoma and Leukemia Society. I had nothing to do with it. I didn't have any family members that had it. They asked me if I would raise money for them. And I was like, sure, I'll do my best. And by myself, I raised $25,000 and I was really proud of that. And I was glad that it helped families that are dealing with it. Um, It was money that, you know, when family is having surgery, they can help, you know, put up the families in hotels or whatever. So he thought of that and he was proud of me that I did that. And I was like, talk about karma. Now I'm going to need the lymphoma and leukemia society and never thought that I would. And I did that out of kindness and out of just a a giving mentality, knowing that, you know, what you give, you get and energy and all that. So thank God I didn't need it, but he, he pointed that out. And I thought that was great that he understood that. So thank God we got a positive outcome. And, you know, I just said to the doctor, like in the future, can you, you know, not give people that no hope feeling before the surgery, like wait until, you know, for sure, because that was not okay. What you did like that really was awful to go through that. You know, it was a whole week before we knew and the recovery from the surgery and all of that. And why am I sharing this with you? Yes, it's a sad story, but it's a happy ending. And it took thinking that my my son was going to die for me to make the decision to make my life better. I had the life coach tell me that this is what we agreed through the work that we did together. She wasn't putting that on me because that was her dream or her wish. She could see crystal clear what my dreams were And I couldn't see them because what all I see is the obstacles of, I can't because of my parents. I can't because of my siblings. I can't because of my kids. I can't because of my employees. You can, and you should. Don't let it take a cancer diagnosis or a possible cancer diagnosis to get you to live your best life. I am so grateful that that happened in hindsight, of course, that it wasn't a bad outcome, but that was the big gigantic, big wake-up call that I, mismanifesting Generator, apparently need it. They, God knew, let me do something to one of her kids and not do something. I shouldn't say that, but let me, you know, let something scare her for her cubs and she will see it because clearly she's not putting herself in the same regard and respect as she does for others. So let me hit her where it'll get her attention. And it worked. It definitely worked. And I've never been the same person since. So at the risk of making this a 10-hour podcast, the theme of this episode is, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for your own diagnosis of a life-threatening illness? Are you waiting until you lose 20 more pounds to go on that vacation? Screw that. Nobody cares what you look like in a bathing suit but you nobody's judging you for your body or what you look like. They're looking at you saying she's living her best life in this beautiful environment. And if they're not thinking that they're people that you shouldn't care what they think about anyway. So don't wait until you have enough money. Don't wait until you lose enough weight. Don't wait until someone gives you permission or you win a trip because then, oh, you won't feel guilty if you want it. Um, I catch myself saying things like, oh, I'm only doing that because it was on sale. I'm only getting that because it was on sale or I'm only getting that because it was so cheap. And that's my money story that I'm still working on. So we all have a money story we need to work on. We all have things that we want to do that we're letting fear hold us back. And I can tell you, as someone who's living on the other side of that fear in a place where it is sunny 360 days a year, I wake up, I'm looking out the window right now to palm trees beautiful sunshine, and my gorgeous in-ground pool. Every journal that I have to the left of me on my massive book bookshelf is, I just want to live at the beach with a pool in my yard. I just want to le- live where I can at least walk to the beach. I don't have to live on the beach. I wasn't going for the billion-dollar place on the beach. I said, I want to be able to walk to the beach, walk on the beach every day, and have a pool in my yard. They're not really crazy aspirations, but that was important to me, and it took me 53 years to get it. It shouldn't take you 53 years to get it. And it shouldn't have taken me 53 years to get it. But everything happens as it should, and I do believe that. And I'm happy that I'm here now and I'm super grateful. So again, don't wait until the giant brook hits you in the head. Listen to those little stirs in your belly. There's little little butterflies, those little gut reactions to things. That is your body and your soul purpose telling you that you're meant for more. So I hope you get your more and I hope it doesn't involve a scary, um, you know, what's the word I'm looking for diagnosis for you or your loved ones. I hope that you love yourself enough to get there on your own. And if you ever need, need help, I am happy to be your coach. You can find me at expert color solutions with an S Dot com anytime. I am expert color solutions on Facebook, expert color solutions on Instagram. And of course I have my YouTube channel that is under my name, Elaine Travis. I hope to see you in one of my classes or workshop soon. And thanks as always for listening. And I will see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the ask the color expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.